Welcome to Nurture versus Nurture. Our question of the day, will my child hate me if I love death metal? Today we'll meet two Air Force specialist parents. Kim is a medical technician and Mike a firefighter. Recent new job assignments meant a move from a warm to a cold climate and to a community where there are no other military families close by. The only person Kim and Mike see in the neighborhood on a regular basis, the sitter who comes when they are both at work. Kim and Mike have three sons, a 12-year-old biological child and an 8- and 11-year-old, both adopted from foster care after having been homeless. We'll learn about the common tangle between a tired parent's inner child and a bright child's inner baby. How asynchronous development in kids confuses and confounds adults and come to understand the spirituality of late-night buffalo chicken wings with ramen. Finally, two new untranslatable words, one in Hawaiian that vividly captures the experience of instant forgetfulness of information best remembered, and a Japanese word coined when a 14th-century shogun broke his favorite tea bowl. First, a disclaimer. What you are about to listen to is not a professional counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation, and the advice I offer does not constitute psychological treatment or serve as a substitute for professional diagnosis, intervention, or behavioral health care. In order to protect their privacy, our guests have been given pseudonyms and some personal details have been changed. If you have concerns about your child's well-being or your own, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. Good places to start? Your child's pediatrician, the counseling staff at your child's school, and the American Psychological Association's Comprehensive Guide to Finding Resources in Your State. And now, on to the fun. Good morning, Kimberly and Mike. Hello. I'll tell you what I know so far. You have three sons, Lincoln, who is 12, Sean is 11, and Tony is eight. And both Sean and Tony are adopted. Sean from age five, Tony age three. Is that correct? That's correct. We say adopted, adopted to us, but in foster care since... A year and a half and three. Foster care previous to that. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's on your mind, what I can try to help you with today, what you've been thinking about in anticipation of this meeting. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. So the main thing is we would like some advice on how to navigate Sean's behavior that is and has been since he moved in defiant, defensive, and argumentative. And there are two more things that I know, which is, Kimberly, you're a medical technician in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And Mike, you're a firefighter in the Air Force. Tell me about Sean's behavior. Give me an example of the very last time it happened. (laughs) This morning, it's anytime you ask him to do something, it's never met with a, okay, It's always this morning was, you know, they wanted to get on video games as soon as they got up. And I told them that they had to wait. And why do I have to wait? What else are we doing today? What is going on? I explained, hey, you need to do your laundry. You put it in the dryer. You need to fold it before you do anything. We can wait till after lunch to do video games. And well, I don't want to do my laundry right now. Can I do something else? Can I go on the tablet? And so That's just the earliest thing that's happened, but it's rare to have him ever reply with a okay. So a couple of things, and and I want to tell our listeners that today is Saturday, so it's a weekend, which makes things better and worse. 
are they in virtual school, in in-person school? They are in virtual school. Sean's starting the hybrid stuff on Monday. Okay, so you've had more exposure to each other and more responsibility and frustration possibly about getting things done with the boys than is typical when they're in in-person school. We have an extra layer here. And here's an extra layer. We just moved here three months ago. You did? From how far away from where you live now? From California to Maryland. Whoa. Okay. And is this a deployment? Was this a choice? Uh, Just a new job assignment. And do you know any people in the community? Have you met people through the Air Force community that are stationed there? Unfortunately, no. We had to go to two different bases and we're in a spot that's kind of in the middle. And so because of that, we don't really have any military people next to us that we know. And the only person they see on a regular basis so far is the sitter that comes with them when we are both at work. So this could be a recipe for eating each other alive right now, given (laughs) the seriousness of your good intentions about these boys developing good character, nice personalities, and learning something in school and getting along with each other and not driving the two of you apart or away so that one of you wants to run away forever. I have a lot of parents in my practice right now where one of them just goes and sits in the car as an Mm -hmm. opportunity to escape. So let's go back to this morning with, oh, they want to play video games. And you are saying nice, polite, friendly things like, well, you can wait until after lunch. What was your tone of voice when you said that, Kim? Pretty much just like that. I mean, what what you hear now. Uh Hey, no, we can wait a little bit. You don't need to do it right now. Um, No, we can't, Mom. No, no, we want to watch now. Who cares about the laundry? Why are you being this way? It's Saturday. We've been doing all our schoolwork, and now you're just bringing Mm -hmm. up these boring things that those things can actually wait until after lunch. So, Mike, at what point do you step in here? Are you hearing it? Are you thinking, if only she said it in a slightly different way, or maybe... Lincoln or Sean needs a very different kind of discipline, and why doesn't she know how to do that? What what goes through your head, and what actions do you take? I'm usually the overreactive one, I would say, as far as that goes, because I get I get pissed that he even like when he talks to people, adults a certain way. I get Sean irritated, yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then I lose my shit and. <laughs> am not nice about anything and basically tell him what he's going to do. And then Kim has to jump in and be like, whoa, calm down. You guys both need to stop arguing. It ends up being a back and forth thing that just will never end unless she comes in the middle. So I'm worse than she is with talking to him, honestly. You're different. So her method is not effective and yours makes you feel ashamed afterwards. And she's mad at you too. So in some ways, Kim, you may feel like you have four children with Mike being (laughs) the most extremely badly behaved and possibly violent. And Mike, you know, (laughs) and, (laughs) and Mike, you feel like we cannot go another day with the nature of Sean's character developing the way it is. Can the two of you please compare for me any issues related to military discipline that you have both learned that either fit very well or do not fit at all with how you are trying to choreograph the love and responsibility in your home? So it's funny you bring that up because we are at a point now six years later with the boys living here that we are starting to kind of Mike and I see differences on maybe how we should approach this. And we had a discussion recently of like, you know, in the military, we will say, shut up in color. Oh, wait, wait. (laughs) Tell me this phrase and tell me what it means. It sounds really clever and interesting. Shut up and color. 
Basically, if you're asked to do something, you need to do it. You don't need to ask why. You don't need to ask all the details. You just do what you have been trained to do and you do it when you're told to do it. And I think our upbringing, because we're both military brats, we're both in the military. I think some of that is ingrained in us. And I think, like Mike said, he's observing more often he will get into these arguments with Sean. And I had to step in and I think as Sean is getting older, I'm noticing that there hasn't been a change to his behavior with the techniques we have been using. And so now the thought process for me in particular is, okay, well, what other path can we go on to try to deal with this behavior? Because the shut up and color mentality, if you tell him to shut up and color, he can't. He wants to know a thousand reasons why he's doing it, how he needs to do it, why you won't let him do it a certain way. And we have to find a way in my mind, you can tell me if I'm wrong, to help him navigate through that process of doing what we've asked him to do. Because it's clear that the, it won't work. I think you're closer than you think you are. And I, I want to talk about shut up and color for a minute. It has wit and warmth in it, if I'm understanding it right. It's not shut up and fire. It's not shut up and do push-ups. It's witty. So it means color like Channel your inner cooperative, not submissive, but cooperative child. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it means colored like color with crayons. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, because we aren't really saying it to the kids, but in the military, yeah. If I'm talking to my troops, as we call them, and I say to do this task, I don't expect a lot of flack from them on why we're doing it. You just need to pick up the crayon and color what I asked you to color. Yeah. If you say, if you say shut up and color, it's like, I don't want you to say anything or ask me any questions or anything. It's just basically do your job and don't talk to me. Basically, I don't I don't know any other way to explain it than that. It's like it's like basically like shut the fuck up and do what you're told to do. But in a nicer way. Yeah. And I want you to compare those two. So shut the fuck up and do what you're supposed to do is pretty harsh and direct. And shut up. I mean, I'm not. Color (laughs) is slightly adorable. So one of the things you've said about Sean that's very interesting to me is that he has a million questions when you tell him to do something. And Mike, I'm directing this right at you. When you were growing up, was there an opportunity for you to ask questions and explore the reasons for doing the things your parents were expecting of you? No, not with my dad. I'd get backhanded if I even said anything. So that was how I grew up. I mean, I would ask the questions still because I was a kid, but I would get punished more severely if I asked it too many times, I guess, if that's a good way of putting it. It's a really good way of putting it. And we know already that an important 21st century skill for young adults and adults is going to be mastering the art of conversation. And understanding how people who have different points of view than you do think and communicating your own ideas. So we want Sean to be a good communicator, and he's trying. He's not trying in an effective way. Tell me, Mike, any interests that you and Sean share. And I don't care how shallow, how crude, any sorts of things that the two of you both get enthusiastic about. I guess video games would be the main thing. Which one? I mean, we all play different video games. He likes Fortnite. I don't really like it. I think it kind of sucks, but I'll still (laughs) play it with him just so that I can bond with him, you know, but I'll try to get him to play video games that I play. He'll play like a couple minutes and then be like, all right, I'm out. I'm not playing this anymore. I'm going to play Fortnite because that's he like that's all he does is play Fortnite. So (laughs) and that's that's the biggest interest that we share, I guess, unless Kim knows of any other ones. Kim, any other interests, overlapping interests? It could be hamburgers, (laughs) anything. We like chicken wings. Oh, yes. Okay. what kind? (laughs) What kind do you like? The buffalo chicken wings. Yeah, we'll get that and then late at night, cook that with like ramen. Me and him will eat that together. You will. You and Sean will cook chicken wings with ramen late at night. (laughs) Yeah. And then Kim gets pissed. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Mike, did you do this with your dad ever? Not really. 
not that I can think of. I try to not be the same person that my dad was when I was growing up. Not that he was terrible altogether, but like hitting the kids, I don't believe in doing that type of shit because I feel like it could scar them later on in life. It's it's really tough about hitting because you can't hit kids anymore and it can make for a lot of trouble. However, it's one of the tools that we don't have for yeah. discipline. And you are working on finding a way to meet Sean where he is and help him grow without damaging him and scarring him, as you said. When you're making the chicken wings with the ramen late at night, when you're both eating it, are you talking? Yeah. About? It's always him talking about how he wants to save up money to buy all this stuff, but he never saves up his money. So I'm like, all right, dude, like prove it to me. Show me that you want to save up your money. That's usually how the conversation goes. Or he talks about scooters or Fortnite. It's never really me talking to him about something. It's him talking to me and me listening and then responding, basically. Any signs of puberty at all yet in Sean? So it might mean that he's starting to need to use deodorant, but forgets, or his hair is getting oily, or he has a pimple on his face. He needs deodorant, that's for sure. Okay, and <laughs> did he two years ago? Uh, I'd say so. He's pretty active most of the time. Boys are entering puberty much younger than they did in the past. Many of them... 10. And the reason I bring this up is that once they get that hormone bath of the brain, they can seem much moodier, touchier, and devoted to their own ideas and less cooperative than before they entered puberty. So that's one element that's going on here, possibly. Another is once they enter puberty, the melatonin that comes from the pineal gland in their brain does not get released until later at night. It's the circadian rhythm of adolescence. They are not sleepy as early as they were, and they wish to sleep later. So I want to jump back to pre-pandemic for a moment. What did Sean's teachers say about him on his report cards in any parent-teacher conference when he was in in-person school in California? So from day one of Sean starting with school with us, he has struggled. But I think around second grade, they did some tests and said he was ADHD. Pretty consistently, every teacher, every year, we heard the same things. Again, argumentative, would rush through his assignments, the grades were consistently would start off okay, and then we would get to the point of failing. Then mom and dad would have to intervene at home with, you know, taking away video games or things like that. Then we would see grades improve, but it was always this desire to rush through the assignments so that he didn't have to have homework. When the teachers would tell him, even to this day, if a teacher sends him an assignment and says, you need to redo it, he will argue that the teacher doesn't know what's going on and they should be just taking the assignment. And we are trying to express, well, we hear you, but also think of it this way, that you're getting another chance. You're in sixth grade, you're getting another chance to do this assignment. Pretty soon, you're not going to get these assignments back. So take advantage of the fact that you're getting these assignments. Let's redo them. Let's see what they want you to do and turn them in. Um, but consistently, we hear the same thing every year from these teachers. He never turns them in like fully completed either. And then when he redoes his assignments, he doesn't let us know. Like, I'm like, dude, like, I'll help you. I'll check your work. I want you to succeed in school. And I can explain everything to you. If I don't know the answer, I can look it up, you know, but he doesn't ever come with us or even ask his teachers either about how to do his work. And if they give him an assignment, they'll go over half of the assignment in class or whatever. And then they're like, okay, do the rest on your own and turn it in. He'll just turn it in how it is halfway done. In these parent-teacher conferences or on the report card or in the meeting, what positive things do they have to say about Tron? They said he's very energetic and they like, they like that he keeps his camera on. And then they also said, at least in the last meeting, that he's been asking to get his assignments and stuff. But his dance teacher was like going crazy on him. She's like, he's amazing. Like he dances all the time. I'm like, okay, yeah, he... He's energetic, but when it comes to schoolwork, he's, I guess, lackadaisical. 
So, um, okay, yeah, part, I just want to pick on you a tiny little bit about that, Mike. So this is a lively, energetic, vocal, verbal, enthusiastic, dancing presence in the classroom. The dance teacher was going crazy with excitement about this boy. And Kim, one of the things you said about redoing the assignments is, I hear you. I hear you. When he says that teacher should be fired, and he doesn't quite say that, but, (laughs) you know, it's it's her problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. He is very confident about his own ideas. He's very verbal, possibly more than anyone else in the family. I don't know. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he says the most words of anybody. Yes. Talk, talk, talk. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but so Sean is an attorney. Yes. Already. He's yes. not great. He's not winning his cases, but mm-hmm. he's definitely taking a deposition from all of the accused. Mm-hmm. And it's so moving to me, shut up in color, <laughs> because this particular boy isn't, ready to color within the lines yet. There's a a concept in psychology, I don't know if you've run into it with anybody who's talked to you about Sean and his difficulties, it's called asynchronous development, where kids can be really advanced in some areas and very underdeveloped for their chronological age in others. And this Very bright spirit, Sean, full of energy, ready to argue the minute you wake up in the morning, ready to stay up really late with dad and eat the ramen. And he's a very charged battery. He's also really young and certain abstract, logical arguments and principles are going right over his head. Mm -hmm. Tell me anything that has improved in his basic conduct and responsibility in the past two years. Does he brush his teeth when he wakes up in the morning without being reminded or before bed? That none of our kids do. They, no. they have to be scolded. <laughs> I should say scolded, but they have to be reminded every day to brush their teeth. Who, do, who does that reminding? It depends on who's up. So normally Mike is up late with the kids. And so you know, on the weekends and things. So I'll ask him to. The other thing too, I don't know if we mentioned, but Mike is gone half the time. He works 48 hour shifts. So. Whoa. Okay. So we're talking about asynchronous development in kids. We also have a family schedule that's asynchronous Mm -hmm. because when one parent is gone on location, I'm here in Hollywood, so on location <laughs> making a movie or they're in the military and they're, uh, they're on a shift or they're in medicine, it happens in lots of different professions. And the choreography of the communication between the two of you in between and whose responsibility is what and who has taken care of what, that rhythm can be really challenging. It is. How do you handle the transitions? Because kids, they take advantage of transitions, and they're unsettled by transitions. Mike and I will definitely talk to each other every night when he's gone. And then when I come home, he'll fill me in on what's been going on throughout the day, or he'll text me and throughout the day if he's having any issues, and he wants kind of like a, hey, do you think this is a good idea? But for sure, the kids... They know the differences when they're home with me. I'm never home with them all day like Mike is. So when I come home in the evening times, we have a routine. They know it's a little bit more laid back. They know I, I'm not as checking in on every fine detail that they are doing. And when Mike is home, he kind of is there during the virtual learning. So by default is doing a lot more of the checking in. What are you doing? Are you in class? Things like that. And I think you can kind of see that defensive behavior from Sean come up through that because it's like, well, I've been pretty much on my own when mom's at work doing this, but then dad comes home and why is dad checking on me? And so I think when Mike is home with the kids, we have a lot more conversations about what's going on and what we need to deal with versus when I'm home with the kids. And did you mention a babysitter or someone who comes and helps? Yes. So we have a sitter that comes in since we've moved here We'll be home in the morning for two to three hours alone. Uh, I'm usually here in the morning to get them logged on, the two older ones. 
the youngest goes to a daycare. So they'll get logged on. I'll go to work. And then by that lunchtime, we have a sitter that comes in until um, about 4.30, 5 o'clock when I'm headed home. And why hasn't she quit yet? <laughs> I, I guess because they're, they're easy to manage. Every time oh. I check in. She... <laughs> oh, how interesting. Because you could have easily said to me because we pay her and she needs the money. <laughs> That's what she meant to say. <laughs> Could we go so far as to say she enjoys these boys? She hasn't told me she doesn't enjoy them, so I assume she enjoys them. Yeah, we, we could. I was being presumptuous of just thinking that they're on their own in their computer world and she gets to have her own downtime <laughs> and just make sure they don't burn down the house. That may be true. <laughs> Mike, say, say. I was just going to say, the kids, I'm like, how's the babysitter? They're like, oh, She's nice, but all she does is just sit on her computer or look at her phone. So <laughs> that's probably why she can deal with them. <laughs> She's there in case something bad happens. In the old days in schools, they used to have computer labs. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Where the kids would go into a special room for computer time. So what you're describing is that it may be a little bit like a computer lab. Yeah, yeah. essentially, yes. there with them. <laughs> But some things do get accomplished and nobody's bleeding and nobody gets Correct. rushed to the hospital. The transition is both to a different parent and a different style yes. of parenting, which is perfectly fine. Parents have the idea that they have to be completely consistent in their expectations of the kids. Otherwise, it will confuse them and otherwise they won't cooperate. And there's this great concept in linguistics called code switching, which is It's so much like shut up in color because you talk to your commanding officers or you talk to people in the grocery store and your own parents in a different tone, using different language, with different expectations. And kids can learn to be very bilingual. They can adjust to each of your parenting styles. At the same time, you're adjusting to each of their temperaments. And sticking with Sean for a moment, it sounds like he has passion and energy. He loves his video games. He loves that Fortnite. He loves the wings. He loves the ramen. I suspect he loves his dad quite a bit and thinks you're pretty cool. And at the same time, there's a big power struggle going on between the two of you because Mike, how stressful is your work? How much do you take it home with you? You're a firefighter. Yeah, I don't like my job. I don't like having to act in a moment's notice, basically. It's stressful. I don't think that I bring it home with me, and I try not to, but I do have a tendency. I was telling Kim the other day to talk to the kids sometimes how I do people at work. So I don't know if that means I bring some of it home with me. I just have a hard time with my expectations, I guess. Like I come home and if like the toaster's out, I'm like, who the fuck left the toaster out? Like put, clean up your shit. Like why is there stuff all around? And then I just, I'm like a spy at that point. I like walk around the house looking for other things to (laughs) yell at people about. It's like I find one thing and then I'm like just digging deeper right after that. So we're going to say this is little Mike who comes home and he is he had to do all the firefighting stuff exactly according to the rules. And when he gets in the house, little Mike, so this is a part of you that at that moment is possibly younger than the boys. And you come in the house and the toaster's out and then you walk around the house looking for more evidence of crime. Yeah. Not even like evidence of the toaster. It's like I'm walking around like looking for other stuff that's placed. Like I found a cord in the hallway the same day and I'm like, and there's a cord here. And then I just go on this rampage of looking for stuff around the house. Do you see this cord, young men? I want all three of you to line up in a firing squad. Okay. Do you see this cord? This cord is the end of the world. The world as we know it will never be the same. And I'm going to tell your mother about it, but she will not understand the depth of the meaning and symbol of this fucking cord. Yep. So do they laugh at you? Are they scared of you? Do they mock you? Do they hide in their rooms? Do they cry? What do they do when little Mike is on his wild rampage? Well, that's the thing that that kind of bothers me. I'll 
let Kim talk in a minute, but it kind of bothers me because I'll come home and start saying stuff like that. And then it's not all the kids, but Sean in particular will be like, you didn't even say hello to me and you're already like complaining to me. And I'm like, yeah, you're yeah, you're right. I think that's what Kim was going to say. I'm not sure. But but this is very this is very moving to me right now that this young man said, father, you have not even greeted me in the basic, most simple rules of being polite and etiquette in the family. And I I would like that kind of dignity and honor. Kim, what were you going to say? You had your hand up and you were bouncing up and down. So I wanted to piggyback on that because I think the other night we had the most prime example of how this is all blowing up lately is that Mike, again, it was the end of the evening. And like he said, he was on a little rampage. Sean walked away from Mike and said, you're always yelling. You're so annoying. Mm. And Mike had to come down to me and was fuming and it had triggered him that how dare this child say this to me. And in my mind, I'm trying to be really, as Mike said, stop thinking of them as adults and think of them as kids. Like don't get so hung up on the word. Were you being annoying? Were you going around and picking and picking and picking? And did Mike listen to you when you said that? Did that help? Did he did he shake his head and say, thank you so much, sweetheart, for your insight and your depth <laughs> and your wisdom. And that's why I married you in the first place. <laughs> Is that what he said to you? For sure, later on in my dream, but he can he can tell you what he said. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Mike? <laughs> I think I said something along the lines of like, fuck that. He shouldn't be talking to me like that. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And then she just she just said, don't let it bother me. And I just went upstairs and that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Did you sl- <laughs> when you went upstairs, did you slam the door? No. I just went upstairs and immediately forgot about it. I made a, such a big deal out of it and then went upstairs and instantly didn't even think about it again after that. Nurture versus Nurture will be right back. I learned about Rothy's shoes from a well-dressed lawyer friend who told me that they're the only shoes she wears. When I heard the company wanted to sponsor Nurture versus Nurture, I investigated. Their shoes are machine washable, which is great for kids' shoes. Also, adults, durable and flexible, knit with thread made from repurposed plastic water bottles, which minimizes the impact on the planet. They promise a zero break-in period because of their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. This maximizes your comfort. Their products are great for people who prefer not to wear leather. The shoes come in lots and lots of styles, colors, prints, and patterns with free shipping and free returns on eligible items. I got Rothy's square-toed flats, the color of chai tea with contrasting trim. They have a woven texture, a matte finish, are elegant, and as promised, super comfortable the moment I put them on. They do not look like they're made from recycled water bottles. Rothy's equal parts comfort and chic. You can check out all their shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash nurture. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash nurture. Style and sustainability. Head to rothys.com slash nurture today. Native deodorant. I hadn't heard of it. And when I mentioned it to the young people I know, very many of them said, oh, I use native deodorant. Here it is in my backpack. And now I use native deodorant. It's an aluminum-free deodorant. It's made with coconut oil and shea butter, and it smells and looks really good. The packaging is really attractive, so it looks nice in your bathroom, nice colors, nice design, and it comes in very pleasing scents. There's coconut and vanilla, citrus and herbal musk, lavender and rose, and different seasonal scents. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash nurture or use promo code nurture at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash nurture or use promo code nurture at checkout for 20% off your first order. Okay, Mike, I want you to stop beating yourself up because I really, I'm hearing it a lot and it's a bit harsh. 
So before you get into the house to realize that the little guy inside you is crabby and maybe out of fuel and it was a hard day and now you're Coming into the house, you guys don't know this because this is from my era, but there used to be a TV show called My Three Sons. It is hard to have three sons, and soon you're going to have three teenagers, Mike. So we have to get a little bit of a kindly and respectful handle on the little guy in you who has to shut up and color all day. And the work you do has to do with life and death. And it's very serious. And when you come home, if you can think of your attitude as crabby rather than a terrible, misguided view of the children and possibly damaging them, but look at this cord here in the hall, it can help a little bit because what sort of charms me in this is listening to your language. So you're saying a lot of fucking shit and fucking and, <laughs> and a lot of very colorful, lively language. And Sean says, why do you need to be so annoying? And he said, which is kind of sweet, even though it's critical. He used the word annoying. What I'm starting to feel is Sean's intelligence. And do the two of you feel that about him? There's really in, the things he says and his arguments. Like, I know she wants me to rewrite the paper, but really it's her problem and it's good enough. He has a very nimble mind mm -hmm. and he has a good vocabulary and he uses it to drive both of you crazy or to <laughs> resist things. But yeah. are there moments where either of you are appreciating how quickly he thinks and what a, what a good thinker he is? I mean, honestly, until you just said that, I don't think I've ever thought of it in that light. Do you think it's true? I may be making this up. I may be off track. But I did hear, I heard annoying. I heard that his dance teacher is crazy about him, that he is a lively person, and that he said to you, Mike, you come in the house and you don't say hello. He actually is recognizing some of the pain that you're in from your frustration with your work. And... You're also immigrants. Your family, you are immigrants in your neighborhood now. And we're in a pandemic. This is a really hard time. And you're trying to keep this whole boat afloat. Both of you. Tell me about Lincoln and Tony. Because they're not showing up in this picture as it develops yet. <laughs> well, Lincoln is our biological son. He is very caring kid. He always wants to please people. And again, this is coming from us and from teachers as well. He's afraid to do anything that would upset people. A comedian, he's following Mike Steps there. Aha! Yes, quite a smart ass, likes to scare us, likes to mess with us a lot. Tony is the youngest and Sean's brother. And he's Sean's biological brother? Yes. He is a whole lot of energy. When you talk about energy, he's that little kid that he just wants to be in your presence at all times. He wants to be speaking to you at all times about anything and everything that has happened. We'll join into any conversation that he is not even in the room for. We'll butt in to join in the conversation. <laughs> so He's a social butterfly. Wow. <laughs> he tries to be a parent a lot of times and gets in trouble yes. for it. Who does he try to parent? The other two. Yeah. <laughs> As a tattletale, or is he trying to exert the discipline himself? All of the above. So d when you come home, does he have tales to tell about the crimes of Lincoln and Sean, especially Sean? So we don't come home to him here. We go pick him up from the daycare. Yeah. He's not here by himself unless we, like, go on a walk or something. We're like, all right, you guys need to behave while we're gone. And usually it doesn't have anything to tell because we just tell them they can play video games so they get along while we're out of the house. <laughs> One of the things I'm hearing, because all children are too confined these days, and you have some extra stuff, which is your shift work and a new neighborhood, are the kids having a chance to get good tired 
really tired. It helps them fall asleep. It helps them argue less. They tend to cooperate a little better. And I don't mean weary. So virtual school, in particular, I'm finding, is making the boys very weary. Do they get outdoors and have any kind of adventures? Do you take them places on the weekends? Is it safe to do that where you are? Is there any sport the family's involved with? Anything exciting in nature? So for sure, during the weekdays, their school is kind of odd. They go to school from about nine to four o'clock. So usually by the time they are ending when I'm home, they're just now getting out of school. And obviously it was a little cold when we first got here. Now we've just, you know, done our daylight savings time. And so now we have some more sunshine. So we did just recently get a trampoline and they've been out there for the last week on that. And are they permitted to go out there and jump on the trampoline without an adult observing them? As long as the adult is home. They couldn't go out there while we were on this interview. But yes, yes, as long as the adult is home. Okay, so let's just take a moment to honor this, that these three boys— can figure out how to take turns on the trampoline, how to have fun on the trampoline, and how to be independent about trampoline rules without an adult having to be there barking orders. It's impressive. Mm -hmm. What else? Can you take them anywhere? Yeah, so Tony, he's covered. He goes to his daycare and he gets energy out all day long there and he interacts with other kids there. For Lincoln and Sean, I know when I'm here with them on the weekends, then I do try to get them out of the house. It's a priority for me always. We've done things. I've done a little picnic. Mike made fun of me. I got them a McDonald's picnic, and then we went on a a trail. Wait, excuse me. Excuse me. What's funny about that? I would like to know, Mike. It's too sweet. It's spoiling them. It's kind of like a fairy tale. What's the deal? I just like making fun of people, I guess. So, and I'm looking at your face. It's very sweet the way you smile about that. So is it gentle teasing, Kim, or does it it hurt you because you had the idea, an original idea, you made the effort, and he's mocking you a little bit? This Our entire household is making fun of each other all the time, goofing around with each other. So no, that did not bother me at all. I, it was expected. <laughs> Okay, and I want to say something about households because people have standards in their heads of like hot households or cold households that there should be no yelling. That In some households, there's yelling all the time. In some households, there's a lot of teasing, bordering on mockery, but it doesn't hurt people's feelings because it has a little bit of the shut up and color cleverness in it or wit or knowledge of the other person. Because loving teasing takes into account who the other person really is. Anything else, hunting, fishing, swimming. Skateboarding for Sean. Okay, skateboarding. Is there a skate park or where does he go? There's a skate park. I say skateboarding, but he rides a scooter. So (laughs) he's extra cool. So he rides a scooter. (laughs) I don't have the heart to tell him that scooters aren't cool anymore. But No, yeah. and <laughs> if you can wait just a little bit ever to say that to him, because he still thinks scooters are cool and they're yes. cool to him. Does he wear special clothes when he, he rides his scooter? Fingerless gloves. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and this is, so teenagers, because he's going to be one any minute, they're ridiculous. Ridiculous, and they're wonderful because on that scooter in the fingerless gloves, he's a prince. That's how he feels. He feels like mm-hmm. royalty. He's, yes. He feels such dignity. And it's going to get worse, the outfits that they wear. It becomes so horrifying to parents. And the part to realize this is how they express their identity. So I'm looking at you, Mike, and your cap says <laughs> death what? Death? Death by stereo. It's a punk band. Okay. It says death by stereo. It has this wonderful skull on it. And you have plenty of tattoos. This is self-expression 
it's specific. You have some kind of cool ring on your finger, and I think that's your wedding ring, but it looks like yeah. it might be made of rubber. Yeah, for my job, I wear that instead of the metal okay. one. Oh, wow. Interesting. I'm too lazy to change them out, so I just keep it on all the time. <laughs> Individuality and self-expression for you are so much a part of you. And then when you're doing this hard work all day long and coming back to a home full of three lively, uncooperative boys, and I know Lincoln's very cooperative and Tony is probably sometimes cooperative. And then a wife who in passing is reminding you of all your responsibilities met and unmet. Then little Mike gets in that bad mood. And then you're looking for the cords or the toast where the toaster should be. What helps you get calmer besides video games? Music. Death by stereo. What else? It's, you don't want to ask me what kind of bands I listen to. I listen to all like death metal stuff, but I do listen to some reggae and retro wave. My music taste is kind of weird to most people, but majority of the time it's like death metal, death core is what it's called. Just super heavy, only screaming, crazy instrument music. And I have a lot of records that I'll play while I like work out and stuff. And because we have like an area down here for since all the COVID stuff. So I want to say something in wild celebration of death metal, that in this culture that is so crackpot right now, and there's so much tension and so much fighting and so many factions, to be able to take any form of art to have it match your internal experience is something that humans have been doing from the time we were in caves. So they are now finding paintings in caves older and older and older than anybody ever dreamed of. And they're pretty primitive and they're pretty death metal-y. And so never to feel you need to give this up, that this is you and it is a lively and true part of yourself and probably essential for getting through these times right now. Does Sean have any interest in this kind of music? No, not, none, <laughs> I of, think so. none of the kids really do. Lincoln says he does just to please me, but I think that's pretty much it. I, they give me shit for it all the time. They're like, how can you listen to this awful music? I'm like, dude, I just like it. And, my, and then Kim's like, don't get daddy started down this road. He's going to let you have it because you're talking about his music. Uh, so they may feel a little bit of sibling rivalry with your bands. Yeah. Like I said, Sean and Tony absolutely hate my music and they give me shit for it all the time. But rivalry, I don't really know if there's rivalry with my music because Lincoln kind of just acts like he likes it. And I know he really hates it, but it's okay. <laughs> he likes The weekend. That's the only band we all really like together. Uh, and Sean always talks crap about The weekend, but I catch him like singing it and stuff. I'm like, ha, you like it. He's like, no, I don't. Uh, I'm like, all right. This is this is play. This is This is play. This is exactly what needs to happen with a family with three boys with different tastes. If you want to worry about anybody, you could worry about Lincoln a little bit because I, I'd like him to feel comfortable maybe showing more contrary points of view or expressing himself. He may be, and it, it's hard to ever want to give this up because he's so sweet and cooperative and he's funny. He knows how to do a whole bunch of things to make things go smoothly. And Sean and Mike take up the space in the family of the ones who let their opinions right out. Mm -hmm. When I said sibling rivalry with the bands, I don't mean with the bands specifically. I mean the idea that daddy loves his music more than he loves us. Oh, okay. Sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. And it is a little bit with the bands, but that they feel that you're so generous and tolerant and loving towards this music. And do you have some room to show this to them? And I know you do show it to them all the time. I think you're much harder on yourself than anybody else's on you. The relationship you have with the music is a little bit a model for where you want to go with the boys because that music is out there. It's pretty extreme. 
and you really appreciate it. Each of the boys has their own death metal styles way of expressing themselves. And to just think about how to follow that path before you jump and hold the cord up. Kimberly, Mm -hmm. thoughts about what I'm saying right now. Does it fit? Does it make sense? With the music part in particular and the sibling rivalry? Yeah. Do they think Mike loves his music more than them? It's kind of an odd question. I don't think they do. They've they've honestly said that to me before, though. It's funny that she said that because I was going to bring it up. Like Rashawn said it to me before. He's like, my brother, Joey, new releases come out on Fridays. So that's like midnight on the East Coast. But on the West Coast, it's like nine o'clock or something. We would always listen to new releases because we both listen to the same type of music. We listen to new releases at like nine o'clock on the dot every week before he deployed. He's deployed right now. And then it'd be to where like Rashawn's trying to talk to me. I'm like, dude, like, can you just give me like 30 minutes to listen to this music? And then he'd be like, you like your music more than me, don't you? I'm like, no, I I just do this every week, man. Like, it's just like my routine. It's not that I like it more than you, but it's funny you say that because he's been the one that said that to me before. Sean's also the one that will forever be the one that would say, you like this more than me, or you like him more than me, or you're, you know, maybe not the term like, but it's always that context of you like this more than me, or you let them talk more than me, or... He expresses that more than anybody else. One way that Sean and Mike are similar, they both are not sure how likable they are. So, Mike, what I hear you doing is beating yourself up over getting short-tempered with the boys or being too harsh or not being patient enough. And Sean is really looking for his dignity and his value. And so when he says you like your music better than me or you like my brothers better than you like me, part of it is pure 11-year-old. And they're not so secure yet. And we wouldn't want them to be. It would be a little weird if they were. But the other part is he's wondering if what he feels about himself, which is I'm not that great. I'm kind of okay. My dance teacher really likes me a lot, but I'm not sure... The academic stuff is tough, and I have a lot of ideas, but people don't seem to value my ideas that much. Am I worthy? Do you cherish me? And without being corny, because your family has a style that's very playful, there's a lot of teasing, it's very lively, and I think there's quite a lot of fun, but to try to catch little moments where both and either of you can stop what you're doing, look at Sean, and let him know you appreciate something very specific that he's done. You really helped me out there, buddy. You know, I was, I had this and this and this to do and you stepped right up. Or you did this without me having to remind you, I really see that you're growing up and I really appreciate it. To be really specific, to stop what you're doing, to look him in the eyes. Maybe if he can tolerate this, some kids like it, some kids don't, to put a hand on his shoulder to get at his eye level. And it's tricky with praise because if you praise kids too much, they just they stop paying any attention to it. It feels kind of shallow to them. And we live in a culture of too much praise and too much ranking and grading and everything's either good or bad. But be very specific. And it simply can be what he wore and that he looked cool that day. Or I see you chose that hat instead of the other hat. Or what was the highlight when you went to the park or wherever he goes to do his scootering? And if you say to kids, how was your day? Or did you have fun? They just tend to grunt and want to go straight to their video games. It's too, they already did it. It's like saying, how was school? I got through it. It's extra work. But if they see you as a, a non-phony fan club, very attuned to their individual attributes and with Lincoln, what you can do with him is note when he stands up for himself, when he's assertive, when he expresses anything that is authentic but maybe a little bit negative or that he got his feelings hurt, 
or that he was courageous. So for each one of them, you're thinking about how to move the dial just a tiny little bit so that they don't feel like they have to hold in their feelings or beat themselves up. And I think, Mike, you are in such a good position to do this because you are a powerful figure with these boys. And also, you know what it's like to beat yourself up because I see you doing that and then regretting it. So your appreciation of them will have particular impact when it's specific and detailed. I think it makes sense. I try to praise him as much as I can, but I do feel like I don't do it enough. But like you said, I don't want to do it too much either. But I do like when he gets good grades and shit like that, like I'm like, hey, good job, man. Awesome. You you brought this D up to a C or whatever. I have a tendency to be like, but try to, you still need ooh, to try to ooh, get it better also. Yeah. So all we want to do is extract the butt and broaden it from schoolwork to other things. And that, that formula is pretty simple. To end the sentence without the but, and all parents do this. This is not you guys. Like, everybody does this. We're trying to be efficient. So we want to get the but in so that all the lessons we're trying to impart come in one package. But kids are too simple and too easily distracted to digest all that. So, yes, you can mention the grade, but other things. Because you're a cool guy. So things he does that are cool. And if his high and mighty father in his mind, no matter how he treats you, that's how he feels about you, is respectful of something he loves, he will concentrate harder on his schoolwork. That's the great paradox of all of this. That if you give them the fuel of respect and dignity, they will want to give that back to you so that you'll be proud of them in other areas. I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> How much damage do we cause with, I'll call it nitpicking, because Sean gets the most of it. And what I mean by that is he's the one, and it's both of us, we go to him and, oh, your room is messed up. You didn't make your bed. Your towel's not on the hook. This isn't done. You didn't brush your hair. You didn't brush your hair. And I feel bad, but we tend to keep repeating it because it doesn't change. And I'm wondering how much damage we're causing <laughs> by repeating the same things over and over again, because that is definitely when we tend to see him get fired up and annoyed with us. I want you to do three things with him. I want you to pick your battles really generously. Okay. Mostly for the two of you, not even so much for him. This is hard, boring, and frustrating if you keep doing the same things over and over again and not having a different outcome. To think about what's important and what's less important, maybe his room's going to be messy. I want him to have goals that are achievable for him. And Sean is tricky because he's so verbal and I think probably quite bright and also babyish in the ways that his own history didn't give him a leg up. He was in foster care. He came to you with a lot of stuff already formed. Everything in the brain can be rewired. It's not a problem. It can be done, but it's work. And we don't want to give him assignments he can't meet and goals he can't meet because then he'll feel bad about himself and pick on dad or pick on other people, pick on his teacher. Think about really choosing very carefully what you're going to expect him to do, appreciating when he meets those goals and taking excellent care of yourselves so that in the moment you can, I'm not saying be calm, but just be somewhat calmer. And because you get triggered, both of you, in different ways. We didn't talk about this, and we, we won't have time to cover it much, but I, I do want to leave you with it for food for thought. Because of your shift and schedules and that you're working in medicine and you're working in fires, this is big, heavy stuff, in, especially in a pandemic and living in a new place. I'm hoping you have time for yourselves and each other. Mike, you mentioned working out. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean it's, it's just funny because i was talking to kim the other day and saying if people 
like when they first meet you, tell you that they work out their douches. So I was just thinking that I was a douche. You are so hard on yourself. Wow. Wow. So this all goes back to you and the environment you were raised in and your dad and he did the best he could. But wow, this whole idea of pride. And we talked about this in an early episode of the show, Tall Poppies. The concept of you're not supposed to stand up too tall and think yourself better than other people ever, and that sort of deprives you of pride. So I was really thrilled to hear you worked out. And Kimberly, do you have a chance to work out? Yes, we both work out regularly. Okay, this is really important. (laughs) I don't want you to ever let that go. Do you have time with each other without the kids? That's fun and activities you enjoy? We're going to do that right after this. We're going to go on a walk. (laughs) And how often does that happen? We're trying to do it at least once a week. Once a week? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's usually the weekend. So by the time she gets home, it's already too late. Okay. Where will you go on this walk today? It's just like a little path. Because we go for like an hour. It goes from like here to Baltimore or something. It's like an old train (laughs) tracks or something. Oh, cool. Um, And have you done that before together? That particular walk? Kim had this great idea. (laughs) So we're doing where we started at the beginning and we walk a certain amount of miles and walk back and then we're doing it until we do the whole thing. So we're driving up to the different area that we stopped at last time and resuming there. Oh, that's fantastic. I do want you to mention this to the boys. They're not going to be interested. However, it's a really inventive, cool, creative and great way to do it because now you want to see the whole, the whole trail and all the tracks and you are putting yourself each time in a position of novelty because each time it will be a little bit different and also accomplishment because you're going to mm-hmm. do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Are you going to bring anything to eat or drink with you? Probably not. Maybe some little treat for the halfway point of the hike to Treat this time also with dignity and to cherish it because this is the fuel you give each other that you bring back home to these three wonderful but challenging boys. And the ability to be away from them and to laugh together. And this is also the time when you can talk about the kids and remember moments that now in retrospect seem hilarious because Tragedy plus time equals humor. So there's so much your family has gotten through, really serious stuff, and you've gotten through it, and here you are, and you're both looking perfectly robust to me, and the kids sound pretty great, and you're not going to be with them. You'll be with each other, and possibly remembering a tiny little bit of what drew you two quite different types, I can see, to (laughs) make a union that is fun and stable and growing. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It was a pleasure to meet you both. Thank you so much for having us. You too. Thanks. Okay, great. Okay, (laughs) have fun on the walk. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Nurture versus Nurture will be right back. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases to memoirs, books about language, business, and motivation, and original entertainment from top creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. With an Audible membership, you can download titles and listen offline anytime and anywhere. You can listen across devices without losing your spot. Many of the people I've been working with throughout the pandemic talk about how much their children are enjoying listening to audiobooks. And I'm not sure that that's something that people realized was an entertainment opportunity for children before we all slowed down and had a time to tune into new platforms for entertainment and relaxation. Visit audible.com slash nurture or text nurture to 500-500 to start your Audible membership now. Visit it 
audible.com slash nurture or text nurture to 500 slash 500 and start your Audible trial now. Sean likely developed the habit of fast and forceful talking to advocate for himself as a healthy adaptation to surviving when he was living in foster care. Hey, don't forget about me over here. I need food and a blanket too. His tendency to lead with no and complaints of unfairness or favoritism come naturally from the experience of limited resources and lack of opportunity to exercise his will and preferences, to make choices. Even now, in a stable and loving family, Sean's faced with a move to a new neighborhood in a new part of the country. Oppositionalism is a way to exercise power. Toddlers say, you can't make me, you're not the boss of me. Preteens say, I did the assignment fine, the teacher is a jerk. Mom and dad are struggling to be fair and effective disciplinarians without resorting to the blunt emotional force of shut up and color. But told to tend to the dull tasks of daily life, Sean goes akihi, A-K-I-H-I, a Hawaiian word that means listening to directions and then walking off and promptly forgetting. Kim and Mike have gotten into the habit of creating an inventory of faults. You just raced through your homework. I see your room is still a mess. You didn't put your clothes in the dryer. Plus, there's a cord in the hallway. Instead, they can train their sights on catching Sean being good, giving Sean more attention for slowing down and reflecting on his choices can shift his perception of cooperation. Rather than feeling risky, agreeableness and responsibility can feel rewarding and create feelings of satisfaction, strength, and pride. In the traditional Japanese art of kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, literally golden joinery, Artisans fill the cracks in broken pottery with gold, silver, or platinum, transforming damaged pieces into something more beautiful than they were when new. This Buddhist philosophy honors an object's unique history and renders fault lines beautiful and strong. With people, this process is called post-traumatic growth. Laboratory studies are now confirming something we've known all along— Laughter is great medicine. Studies in the lab of cardiologists Michael Miller and William Fry at the University of Michigan Medical School show that mirthful laughter is good for the human cardiovascular system. It releases nitric oxide, a chemical that relaxes blood vessels, reduces blood pressure, and decreases clotting. So helpful for, let's say, Kim a medical technician working under pandemic conditions and raising three sons. In their application to be on this show, Kim sent an anecdote about their new life in the cold of Michigan. Tony, our youngest, turned on the heater and stood in front of it and said, Ah, that's it. Warm my nuts. And I had to look at him with the most stern face and ask him what he had just said and inform him about what appropriate language we should be using as an eight-year-old. All the while, she said, I was dying inside. I had to remove myself and have a nice long laugh because I just thought it was hilarious, although, you know, I couldn't tell him that. So, dear listeners, please find time to laugh at the amazing things kids say, even if you can't tell them you did. Thank you so much for joining me and Kim and Mike today on Nurture vs. Nurture.